the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, do-re-mi, getting into retirement, creating a little bit of wealth. I'm not going to create you the Jeff Bezos type wealth. you got to go out and be an entrepreneur if you want to do that. Um, but I think you can see that Wall Street kind of works over time. And as a 50-plus-year-old man, I'm now at the point in my life where I can look back and go, I didn't really know much at 10. I started getting woken up to the idea in my teens and early 20s that I didn't want to work till the day I die. I looked around. I might have saw some multi-level marketing ideas. I might have saw some careers in maybe restaurants or careers in writing or careers in teaching. Um, I might have, like, over time you kind of see, like, hey, there's a little bit of a side hustle here. If you're able to peanut away a little bit of cash into an account, not a bank account, something we're all comfortable with, but into a brokerage account, you might be able to do well. Now, some people, you know, fall in love with real estate. Some people fall in love with stocks. Some people like small caps, micro caps. Some people like rental properties, duplexes, triplexes. Some people like, you know, buying high end. Some people like buying low end. We're all very, very different. So know that. But know that one of the things that you have as you get older is that perspective of, oh, I wish I would have known that. Wall Street works. And it works really, really well. All things considered. Right now, I'm seeing some stuff that's a little bit on the funky side. And typically, when you see the stuff that makes your head scratch, like I remember in 2000, there was a company called GeoCities. It basically had some sort of idea, concept, that it stole from a company called Digital Cities of allowing you to create a website locally, online, albeit a really horrible website. And when it came public, it was supposed to go public at, say, $600 million valuation. So let's just say they were supposed to make 600 million websites at a dollar each. Like you kind of figured out the business plan. And the next thing you know is worth $200 billion. You're like, what? That's a crazy example, but you get the idea that some businesses made sense if you keep it on the down low, but if you try to ramp it up to an amp position of 11, it makes no sense. We're going through a little bit of that right now, and it's a bad sign. The S&P 500 reached record highs. The Dow jumps after Johnson & Johnson 3M earnings topped expectations. We are in earnings season. Pepsi and Beyond Meat have teamed up for plant-based snacks. Home price growth surges to the highest level 
since 2014. What did home prices grow? Nine and a half percent annual gain in November, up from 8.4% in October. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. And I, I, the big question is, again, is did you get a 9.5% raise last year between your wages and your investments? Your investments did their job because they're up probably anywhere between 10 and 40%, skewing on if you went with aggressive growth, growth and in income. Bonds didn't do anywhere near that. But depending on how you laid out your portfolio, it was probably a pretty good year. But was it 9.5% which keeps pace with real estate across the nation? Probably not. We'll talk about that and much, much more. I got a little bit on the very sexy, very beautiful, very hot 79-year-old Martha Stewart. She is an icon, but she's also an investable lesson. We will talk about that as the show goes on. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Johnson & Johnson, American Express, 3M, Verizon, General Electric reported quarterly results. GE was the only company that came up shy. And yet their stock is up 9%. As investors were pleased, happy, thrilled, stoked to see industrial cash flow come in stronger than expected. This is big earnings day. Today and tomorrow are, are two of the biggest ones in the earnings season, which is basically three weeks, 15 business days. Some stragglers before, some stragglers after, but the basic chunk of the S&P 500 reports in this three-week period, and we're almost exactly halfway through. As my friend John Bon Jovi once said, oh, we're halfway there. Oh, oh living on a prayer. Microsoft, AMD, Starbucks, and Texas Instruments will be featured tonight. Sweet. That's exciting and daunting all at the same time. Um, it is very, very difficult to get a good pulse on Washington right now due to the transition and due to politicians playing a little bit of poker closer to their vest. Apparently something has come along on Capitol Hill. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell have reportedly reached a power shared agreement. With the latter leader comfortable with the idea that Democrats won't get rid of the filibuster. Uh, politics at its worst, filibusters, no. The big question on Wall Street yesterday that I started seeing negatory responses to, the $1.9 trillion stimulus plan. I'm getting the sense that the Republicans as a group really want to trim that puppy down. It's still out there as a point of bipartisan contention. It's sounding as if it could take some time to get it passed in any way, shape, or form, which we don't have a lot of time if you look at the jobless numbers. And the longer we delay, just the more pain we inflict on the people that need that help. With that said, you have to balance it with a little bit of consciousness of the national debt. and. Are these dollars being spent wisely? Because there are a lot of them, $1.9 If you were to go write that down on a napkin, I'll let you cheat and start with $900 billion, And then just put a comma in front of it and a one in front of it. And you're like, okay, the count. You know, he, you know, he's not a vampire. He's just a creepy old guy pretending to be a vampire. That messed up my head on Sesame Street. True story. 
they didn't want a blood sucking creature of the night. Fair. I don't know. I don't think that was the best thought out character. Hey, GameStop. And Hertz. These are the areas that you don't want to play in right now. These are areas that are incredibly shorted and the action in the stocks are silly and they're the byproduct of monetary policy that's kind of easy and kind of loves. And I'm kind of making fun of Elon Musk right there. Elon Musk tweeted last night that he kind of loves Etsy. Etsy stock is skyrocketing up 10% today on that news. He has become a cult of personality where if he poops, we're like, what color is it? Did he eat like red fruit or yellow fruit? We're, we're fascinated. And that's not necessarily a good thing when it comes to investing because he tends to say things that are a little bit flip. Anyhow, and anyway, um, that's kind of going on right now. <laughs> See, I'm going to overuse the word kind of. You're going to kind of hate me kind of sooner than kind of later. Uh, so Elon Musk kind of loves Etsy, he says. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'll be honest, I have a bit of a inappropriate crush on Lord. She's she could be my daughter. Maybe I should reposition that and say, I wish she was my daughter. Not in an inappropriate way, but in a dang she's doing her thing kind of way. Um that's the positive news. Young artistic people, big thumbs up. Here's the negative news. Leon Black, one of Wall Street's ultimate power players, is somehow weirdly linked to Jeffrey Epstein. Not in a small way. Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile, or the woman, the guy who trafficked young children into sex. Like, yeah, that guy. Leon Black, one of the ultimate power players on Wall Street, is linked to Jeffrey Epstein in an internal probe at his company, and he's being ousted. But not till June. So it's okay to be hanging out with one of the most unscrupulous people on the planet. It's okay to somehow funnel over a hundred million dollars for investment advice when you are one of the best investment advisors on the planet. Something's really fishy there. Black has a history of surviving disasters and coming out on top. He's been in a scandal that led to the conviction of junk bond king Michael Milliken. After 2008, he engineered ways to protect itself and his company when some of the companies went bankrupt that they had invested in. I'm just going to throw it out there that I don't want to know any more on this story because it probably isn't good. And it probably won't help you in any way, shape, or form. That's the negative news. Now, here's the positive news. Well, this one's not so positive. The 1920s roared after a pandemic. We know this, right? We kind of get the idea. We kind of get the feel for it. What is our life going to be like after a pandemic? It's a very good question. The similarities are eerie. Um, not, I, I can't overstate this, I don't believe. Excuse me, I've got some bad sneezes today. Um, 
but the modern economy in the U.S. history did really, really well after in the 1920s, the roaring 20s, right? We had just inaugurated in 1920 Warren G. Harding. He called for a new unity of spirit and purpose. Does that sound a little bit like Biden? The Roaring Twenties saw widespread adoption of the assembly line, the automobile, radio, motion pictures, indoor plumbing, labor-saving electric appliances. Consumerism started to take off. The coolest art period in the United States, known as Art Deco, thrived. It was born and thrived. I love Art Deco. If you were to ask me for one home that I would want to own, it would probably be an Art Deco-inspired Miami pad. Um, But what else happened? Coco Chanel, Walt Disney, The Great Gatsby, Jazz, The Harlem Renaissance. It was a good time. It was a modern decade coming out of a pandemic. Does it sound like something we're going through? What would our Roaring Twenties be like? Well, we're the Roaring Twenties. A hundred years later, history is finding a very weird way of repeating itself. And I would say it's the millennials, the young people, the lords of the world who are controlling the world at this point in time, creatively speaking. The past year demonstrates that the economy and society can change quickly. COVID-19 vaccines were developed at a record time and almost overnight transition to remote work was set up, took place, and it's anchored in now. In the shower this morning at four o'clock, I was like, I don't know if I ever really want to be a commuter again. I don't really enjoy working from a home office, but I also don't really like commuting. Anyhow, um, what got our pandemic moving in the right direction or what got us behind the pandemic behind us and moving in the right direction? A lot. Our roaring twenties has things, headlines like Tesla delivered half a million electric vehicles. Remember how the Roaring Twenties had electric utilities? A London-based unit of Alphabet solved a half-century-old scientific puzzle using artificial intelligence to predict accurately how proteins fold, which could revolutionize drug discovery. Does that not sound like the new Roaring Twenties or the 21st century Roaring Twenties? The 10-year Treasury is around negative territory, sitting at 1% down from 4% during the tech boom of the 1990s. That 1% could lead to a crazy amount of borrowing. And it could lead to something that we've never seen in 100 years. In the 1920s, race relations were strained. Black Americans are in a far better place than they were, say, 100 years ago. But I think it's fair to say right now, that race relationships are strained again in the United States at a very high dramatic level. Tariffs rose under President Donald Trump as they did in the 1920s, which was a mistake that helped bring the Great Depression. When you tax businesses, you slow down businesses. When you slow down businesses, they fire people. When they fire people, you have unemployed people. When you have unemployed people, you get great recessions. So it's eerie, the similarities between the 1920s and the 2020s. The 1920s didn't get off to a good start. The Spanish flu pandemic, which killed about 675,000 Americans, 
out of a population of about 100 million, it was over. And if you extrapolate today's population of the United States, Spanish flu isn't as bad. But if you if you superimpose our healthcare system on theirs, it probably would have been pretty similar. Economists are predicting above average growth in GDP. Pent up demand. That's all signs of good times coming because we know we don't have a lot of self-control. Carnival Cruise Lines and a sign of confidence in the public's desire to socialize again plans to begin boardings in April for its biggest ship ever. Interestingly called the Mardi Gras. Uh, I don't know where to go with this other than to say the similarities are crazy. In the 1920s, we were afraid of robots and how they were going to take over manufacturing. Today, we're afraid of robots and how they're going to take over manufacturing. And what does that do to our labor force? Our labor force is probably the biggest negative that I can come up with in arguments these days. To me, there is a labor force that isn't terribly well-educated in the United States compared to other countries around the world. They're getting the information technology breakthroughs. They're getting the biotech breakthroughs. We're still a very mm, hotbed of innovation. But life changed aggressively for the average American from 1920 to 1929. And it's likely to change aggressively in the United States from 2020 to 2029. Yes, we have electrical refrigerators already instead of ice boxes. Yes, we have washing machines instead of washboards. But it's times like these, the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl going into the Hall of Fame twice. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hipsters. I love them. Lumineers. Live music, right? Let me let me test you right now. Live music with your honey. Dinner at a restaurant with your honey before you go to live music. After such a great night of live music, you discuss going on vacation with each other and you decide, let's go to Mexico. Does that make you wax nostalgic and almost poetically for the past? It does me. Nothing like a great restaurant before a concert. Maybe a bar afterwards for a a, a libation per se that's creatively mixed. Um, But then you start throwing in, Rob, why did you have to bring up Mexico? You're teasing us. I will tell you why I'm bringing up Mexico. Mexico and the Caribbean beach resorts are offering COVID tests for the new U.S. travel requirements. We're kind of figuring stuff out, even though we're not where we want to be. We're going to talk about that and more this segment. Last year at this time, or maybe a year and a half ago, a better way of saying it, we were fascinated with Beyond Meat and restaurants. 
a plant-based protein. We looked at the millennials and said, dang you millennials, we like slaughtering cows and eating big fat juicy steaks on the bone. And they're like, uh, we want a juicy burger, but plant-based. Okay. So Beyond Meat was a story and it's becoming a story again, telling you that we might be getting back to where we need to be. You might be going to a concert soon. You might be taking your sugar to dinner before a concert. You pick it up and put it down. And does it sound goodish? I think it does, but I'm not going to get you too excited. I know that. Beyond Meat and PepsiCo are forming a joint venture, a JV, to sell new plant-based snacks and drinks. Now, Clara Peller once wisely said, where's the beef? And I asked the same question. Where's the beef? But then I go, wait, wait, wait. Plant-based drinks? And I'm like, plant-based snacks? Okay, I get, I get the avocado. But I'm intrigued. Beyond Meat and PepsiCo said that they formed a joint venture to create, produce, and market snacks and drinks. Beyond Meat shares jumped 31% on this news. This is not a short squeeze. This is product innovation. I'm digging that. A trend unfolding of a big pop is being tied towards short squeezes this year. This is not a short squeeze per se. Now, again, Beyond Meat shares, there's plenty of them that are sold short. But I like that this is a press release tied towards product. Beyond Meat is essentially a, a relative newcomer in the food world. Pepsi is ultimately one of the dominant players in the food world as far as shelf space goes. When you take a look at like a General Mills and a Pepsi and a Coke, and then you go to your supermarket and you write down all the Pepsis and then the Cokes and then General Mills and all the companies that you see like a Unilever, you're going to be about eight companies are inside of a grocery store that you buy a majority of your food that you put in your body every single day for the rest of your life until the day you die. PepsiCo represents an ideal partner for a company like an ideal uh, Beyond Meat in large part because Beyond Meat can have the scientists and the marketing people and the millennial testimonials, but they still need shelf space in grocery stores. They still need trucks and factories to take that plant and churn it into a burger. So this is interesting because something that's happened, and it's not the Biden administration. This is pre-Biden. But sustainability is a very sexy word in the world of investing right now. It's the sizzle of the steak without the steak. It's like hearing fajitas come into your table at Chili's, and you're expected to see this black... Uh, grill, so to speak, cast iron skillet with like onions and green peppers and carne asada beef sizzling to your table. Plant-based proteins are the new sizzle. They replace the actual meat. Shares PepsiCo are trying to play the sustainability game, trying to play along with the United Nations pledge to commit to set science-based emissions reduction targets. Again, I have no clue what a plant-based snack is. I have no clue what a plant-based beverage is. But I'm excited to find out. 
for the record, I know this is going to sound like, are you kidding me? Please don't say this. No, this is not a lifestyle and health show. Um, I'm cutting down on meat aggressively. It doesn't make it's It's new to me. And my skin looks great. <laughs> Restaurants. Holy mackerel. Restaurants were in a Camelot area of utopia, of perfection, of bliss, of heaven. We were all going out to restaurants one, one and a half, even one year ago today. The restaurant and food service sales, $240 billion below 2020 pandemic forecast. That's a lot of dough, Ray. Me, when you're looking at a uh, company like a Beyond Meat, when you take a look at New York City, it, it it's almost hilarious on outdoor seating at restaurants because it's cold there. In California, it's it's fairly warm, all things considered. But when you're going out to eat and it's 15 degrees, they're putting you in a greenhouse on the sidewalk now. Now you're saying a greenhouse? Yeah, it's like a six by eight little two person table, and they'll bring food to you and they'll keep it warm and that's a lot of innovation in the last year to try to recover some of that $240 billion. More than 110,000 eating and drinking establishments closed last year, either temporarily or for good. I would say in my hometown, I've seen at least four or five restaurants that I would frequent probably at least twice a year. Gone. If you look at the industry, the restaurant industry, the food service industry at the end of 2020, it was at 2014 levels. So 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You can put like six years of innovation, six years of sales growth. That's a pretty big pullback. Restaurant and food service sales came in at $659 billion last year, $240 billion lower than what we were expecting for the whole year. Now, the COVID crisis prompted some operators to get quite creative. And this is good news and bad news. Restaurateurs forayed, danced, played, explored technology and delivery. It's important to think of 2021 as a transition year in restaurants, in hotels, in hotels, in cruise lines. Anything that's travel and leisure, 2021 transition year. Just throw that in that bucket. And if you want to let it escape because it's unique, that's fine. But that's where I'm going at with that. California yesterday started to lift restrictions on dining that have limited operators to take out and delivery. But with the rate of new COVID cases still unacceptably high, the threat of new restrictions lingers until more shots get rolled out. One and a half million a day or something like that. So interesting, the conspiracy theory yesterday of which, for the record, some knob of a House of Representative opened up hunting on Bigfoot in his state. This feels a little bit hunting like Bigfoot as far as conspiracy theories go. But Gavin Newsom, they're saying, opened up the restaurant industry in California as a kind of middle finger to Donald Trump just uh, less than a week after he was taken out of office. I I kind of can I can kind of see that one. That's one without I'm gonna I'm leaning to. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily believe in UFOs. I do believe in Bigfoot, and I, I kind of believe that Newsom might have pulled off. Let's do this shortly after he leaves office, because 
what was we were saying two weeks before isn't what we're saying two weeks after. On average, restaurants were in business for 16 years, 72% of those shut down. And they're unlikely to open another restaurant in the months or years ahead. Decades of restaurant experience didn't guarantee success as state and local governments, I'm not going to say bungled it, but they reacted to the virus inconsistently and made it difficult for the entrepreneur inside the restaurateur to figure out exactly what we could pull off and you know, what was safe. With that said, um, tech and to kill alcohol saved the day for restaurant industries in 2020. I know you're saying, say that one more time, just a little bit slower. Tech, delivery, DoorDash, anything that led to off-premise sales to deliver gave the restaurant industry as much of a lifeline as it could. The idea of ordering people on my street, and I'm not saying they're alcoholics, but they're pretty much so alcoholics. Every time they would order order something, they're like, hey, Rob, you want a pomegranate teeny? I'm like, no, I'm not drinking right now, but thank you. And yes, there was a lot more questions of, hey, Rob, you want a pomegranate or a teeny? I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. And then the next day, same thing. It's like suddenly like ordering DoorDash became ordering cocktails at four. Weird. Starbucks and Chipotle. They continue to rely on the go off-premise offerings, accelerated new store formats, drive-throughs, pickups. It's interesting to see six years of sales wiped out, but I think we're pretty well prepped for the next couple of years once we get through the summer. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's go to a restaurant, a movie. Let's get shots. Let's see live music. Let's think about traveling soon. Not yet, soon. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Killers. They were supposed to tour in 2020 with a new album. See, whoops, right? Target is following Costco and dropping Chowaco Coconut Milk. This was a headline that I saw come across at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, do I do the McDonald's bringing back spicy chicken McNuggets and the mighty hot sauce for a limited time starting in February? I like spicy. In the United States, since the 1920s and 1930s, we went from families with four spices in the cabinet to the 1960s and 70s, where we had 10 to 15 spices in the kitchen cabinet, to where we are today, 60 to 80 spices in the, is in the average cabinet now. That's ludicrous. We like cayenne. We like crushed red pepper, spiced chili, savory garlic. McDonald's is saying, hey, we get it. We will, too, roll out some spicy products to, to get to your palate. My personal opinion, I'm not a science fiction writer, but... I think society has lost its taste buds. It's the first sign of homogenization. I know you're saying, what? <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So where do I go with a story about monkeys? Forced labor with monkeys. Now, I like the Nicolas Cage story where the man spent a lot of money 
when he was a celebrity and a star, he blew $150 million on a dinosaur skull, pygmy heads, and two European castles. Uh, I know, right? He bought a $150,000 Superman comic and a 70 million year old dinosaur skull, which he later had to return to the Mongolian government as a prized possession or national treasure. He was a little bit too eccentric. Does that not sound like the recipe for failure when it comes to investing? Yes. Um, he was on a holy grail quest. I'm not sure what, but he did a couple movies and maybe I'm guessing some peyote. That's alleged. That's not any fact based. But he even said, I got really into meditation and really into spirituality. And I started buying stuff that I shouldn't have bought tied towards those two passions. It's just a constant reminder. Watch what you're spending money on. Don't go out and buy dinosaur heads. The target drops coconut milk after PETA's allegation of forced monkey labor. This was probably the saddest story I could imagine in my head. And it's true. Target has joined Costco and other retailers in dropping a brand of coconut milk because a Thai supplier has been caught by PETA of using monkeys as forced labor to pick coconuts from trees. Now, I started thinking about this. And I'm like, I kind of want to see what that looks like. And then I'm like, no, no, whatever you do, don't, don't go to YouTube and look. I don't want to see. It's like seeing those beheading videos when ISIS was killing an American. They're like, whatever you do, don't look at this because you won't be able to unsee it. I'm like, I got to see that. How close is hot? Oh, no, I didn't want to see that. There's videos that you shouldn't see. This is probably one of them. But getting monkeys chained together and getting them to go get coconuts off trees. Yeah, I think Target and Costco are doing the right thing on that one, right? It's not like getting coconuts out of trees is that tough, technologically speaking. But I don't know. Something bothered me about that story. And I was like, stock market's higher. We're in earnings season. Home prices are up 9.5% year over year. Is that inflationary or is it not? Is it good or is it bad? Is it a winner or a loser? I'm processing through every single headline. McDonald's spicy chicken nuggets. Will that drive me in to get one? No. But I guess if I was on a road trip and every restaurant was closed except for McDonald's, I might try it. Maybe. So I see the, the allure. The domestic goddess herself, Martha Stewart's talking about CBD oil. She looks fantastic for 79 years old. If there was a Miss America 79, 75 and older pageant, I bet she would win. Um, but she can, she can shill a product. No, she's not a cannabis user, but she's a CBD user. And the only thing that this got in my head was expect more CBD in the future. That story's not going away. Did you know in 1954, the United States Capitol had a shooting? This is one of those things that not really taught in high school. But there was a terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol in 1954 as four Puerto Rican nationalists stormed the Capitol. They shot 30 rounds of semi-automatic pistols from the Ladies' Gallery, which is a fantastic term. The Ladies' Gallery in the Washington Capitol was a balcony for visitors. They went into the House of Representatives and shot it up. They got life in prison, and President Jimmy Carter pardoned them 20-plus years later. 
Five House of Representatives or five representatives were wounded, one seriously, but all recovered. It was all tied towards the independence movement in Puerto Rico. I bring that up because headline news today, they have it wrong. It's not the first time the Capitol has ever been stormed. But we kind of like, well, headline news must be right. I would start to caution you. News isn't as newsworthy as it used to be. So maybe you need to start adapting a little bit more to that. Um, just throwing that out there. Beyond Meat shares soared 31% as they're teaming up with PepsiCo. I like that story. Restaurants staged nimble responses to COVID's blows in 2020, wiping away six years of revenue growth. They said it. You need to hear it. 2021 is going to be a transition year, and they're hoping for the best in the back half of 2021. That's how you have to approach some investments, especially tied to hotels, restaurants, leisure, travel, air. Thursday, we get Southwest Airlines and American Airlines reporting earnings. Wednesday, we get the big tech boys, Apple, Microsoft. A lot going on today, tomorrow, Tesla. A lot going on in earnings season. It's night after the market, tomorrow after the market, Thursday after the market. Stay tuned. I'm Rob Black.